When your brand is recognized alongside major mainstream brands as a brand that matters by Fast Company, Major Magazine, we're talking brands like Nike, McDonald's, Dawn, The Soap, uh, Lowe's, HubSpot, big mainstream brands. I feel like that's pretty cool, but if your brand is a college and happens to be the only college on the list two years in a row, I feel like that's even cooler. And if anyone has ever said in a meeting that marketing isn't rocket science, I'm here to tell you that maybe it kind of sort of is rocket science if you consider the fact that Purdue was just a couple weeks ago named number 16 on a list of 50 of the world's most innovative companies right ahead of NASA. So slightly more innovative than the people that took us to the freaking moon. So in this episode, we're talking to Emily Richwine, Senior Creative Director and Honorary Marketing and Storytelling Rocket Scientist at Purdue University. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast, podcast dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name is John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled. We're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams on automating their video storytelling content through a subscription approach. You can learn more at unveiled.tv. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, we'd love for you to subscribe. And if you've been listening for a while now and haven't left a review, I'd love for you to do that. My guest today is Emily Richwine. Emily is the Senior Creative Director at Purdue University and is one of the people responsible for Purdue's um, brand success. She leads a team of super talented storytellers, which we'll talk about. Uh, we also talk about their recognition by Fast Company, which I mentioned, and what is in the DNA of a brand like that. And finally, we talk about uh, their recent viral ad campaign called Whatever You Can Imagine. We'll take you behind the scenes of how that was made um, and the effect that it had on people. So let's do it. Emily Richwine, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So excited to talk to you. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me who you are and, and what you do. Yeah. So I'm the Senior Creative Director at Purdue University. Um, I lead our content storytelling team. So for us, that means copywriters, content writers, and our video producing team. Cool. How did you get into that? T tell me about your background in, in uh, you know, creative directing and your career background. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up um, always loving stories. I grew up watching um, Adventures of Superman with my dad and wanted to be Lois Lane, wanted to be a journalist. So went to Purdue. Um, my dad went to Purdue, sister went to Purdue, long family tradition of going to Purdue and got a, kind of a broad background in communications. Um, got my start at the Purdue Exponent, our student newspaper, and then at the Journal and Courier, which is um, the daily newspaper in what in Lafayette, so just across the river. Um, about a year after into my career, decided to follow kind of my dreams and kind of a boy to California. The boy became my husband, so it was a really good decision. Um, <laughs> we moved to Los Angeles together, and I worked at one daily paper really quick, like for a brief time, and then landed at Minority Business Entrepreneur which is a national magazine for minority entrepreneurs and then Fortune 500 companies and government agencies that want to do business with them. So I always tell people that was like kind of an a mini MBA. Um, mm -hmm. I got to travel around the world and shadow and spend time with um, business owners all over the country. Cool. So had my daughter, oh gosh, she's 16. So 15 years ago, decided to move back to the Midwest. Is she driving yet? She gets her license next week. Oh my gosh. It's terrifying. She's a great <laughs> driver, but it's still like letting her leave. It's, it's a little scary. Yeah. Well, 
you're not the chauffeur anymore. So I guess that's good. Yeah. And <laughs> probably much easier for her to learn to drive here in Indiana than Los Angeles. Right. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. When we moved back, I was so lucky and landed at a little gem of a boutique agency, um, Britain Marketing in Fort Wayne. And they had a lot of national clients um, rooted in kind of design, color, retail. So I worked for a bunch of big brands, Sherwin-Williams, Lowe's, Pyrex, worked on some fashion brands like Peter Millar and Vera Bradley. Um, did that for a while, kind of worked my way up from social media specialist to writer to creative director, and then wanted to go in-house somewhere. So I went to Matilda Jane Clothing, which is a clothing company for children and moms. Mm -hmm. um, was there a short time as brand manager, so kind of um, got to learn a lot about strategy, really missed the creative side, so went back into that at Vera Bradley, which is also based in Indiana, a great Indiana-founded company, and led creative there for a few years before coming to Purdue. Cool. What does Vera Bradley make? That I mean, I know it's like fashion stuff, but... It's, yeah, it's handbags and travel They're items. Bags. So, okay, like, the colorful, like... Um, cotton floral, kinda, floral yeah. bags. You totally see them at the airport everywhere. Yeah, I, we have some in our house. I I knew yeah. it was like Vera something, but I didn't want to say mm -hmm. that. I didn't want I didn't want to risk it being like Vera Wang, and then I look stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the other Vera. What? So was your dad uh, proud that you uh, work at Purdue now? Yeah, he's super excited. Um, we got to go to a game last year, and one of the spots that we worked on played on like the jumbotron. It was it was a moment. It was really good. That's awesome. Uh, so what do you feel like um, you got, what, what made you make the jump to Purdue? Yeah. So I was thinking about this um, the last couple of days, cause I knew you were going to ask this question. And I think it was kind of like one of those COVID life changing things. So I was working in fashion, selling handbags during a pandemic where people weren't going anywhere. So it was mm -hmm. a hard sell. Um, oh, yeah. And it just felt a little less un in, not as important, right? Like people are at home, they don't need a handbag. And I really wanted to do something that was a little more important to people that really yeah. made more of a difference in their life. And it was just one of those like serendipitous LinkedIn moments where I saw the job posted. I sent a really quick note to Ethan Braden, who's our VP of marketing. And we connected, we talked, and I was just really excited about what Purdue was doing. He's a big fan of yours, I noticed. I'm a big <laughs> fan of him. <laughs> he brings a lot um, of heart. Yeah, team. I follow his posts. He's 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 got good energy on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, cool. So you came to Purdue. What what do you feel like you brought? I mean, you got had a pretty broad range of um, you know Marcom experience and branding experience. What do you feel like you you brought to the team? They were already telling amazing stories. I think um, a little bit before COVID, they kind of shifted as a brand to really be the university's key storytellers and focus on you know what were those key stories they wanted the world to know. Um, but being a journalist, that's always been where my, the common thread in my career, I've had lots of different opportunities. Um, but I think the thing I've always done is look for those stories. So that's what I did when I got to Purdue. Um, look for those stories and then really creatively, how did we want to approach them? Um, it didn't always have to be a written story posted to our content hub, which are great. We love those. But what yeah. else could it be? Could it be an image carousel? Could it be a video? Could it be a series of videos? Could it be a short social thing. So I think just exploring the best way to tell the stories is kind of where we've been focusing the last year and a half since I've been there. Tell me about some of the, like the first projects that you worked on. When yeah. You so the very first big project I worked on was we wanted to do something around our connection with the Indy 500. Um, we've been part of the Indy 500 for 
over a hundred years. So we really dove into kind of what that emotional aspect of that means to the people, not just Boilermakers, but people who go to the race. Um, our band performs every year. We've got tons of engineers in the pits building the cars. So we came up with a storytelling strategy to tell all those different stories. We talked to um, some of the teams that were engineering the cars. We did a podcast with one of them. Um, we did a big video series on our own little mini race, um, the Grand Prix. And then we did a big spot to play during the Indy 500. And that was one of our my first big spots. And we used a lot of really cool heritage footage. Um, we partnered with IMS and Indy, and they just opened up the archives to us and found stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had really cool. Amelia Earhart as the Grand Marshal, who's one of our grads, or no, one of our professors. Um, so yeah, that was a great way to get my feet wet. And then after that, we kind of dove into what's the next story. Our brand's really rooted in this idea of everyday persistence, kind of what defines us as Boilermakers. So our first um, series, we looked at what does persistence sound like? Like we had shared a lot of persistent stories, but how are we going to tell that in a new way? So we developed this whole video series around the sounds of persistence. So we launched it um, with um, our first home game. It was one of our national PSAs, and we did it with Aiden O'Connell, who has a great Boilermaker story. He was our quarterback this year. Um, he got, when he was in high school, got no offers to play on any college team, so he was a walk-on. Mm. Um, sat on the bench for quite a while and then came, got an opportunity to play, worked really hard and then ended up leading our season last year. Cool. So that was a great way to dive into that. And then we kept following it up. We had Raven Colvin, who's a volleyball player. Her dad, um, Roosevelt was a player back in my day, um, Super Bowl champ. And that was kind of her story about paving her own way. Mm. And then we did Mason Gillis, um, one of our basketball stars, who had a similar story to Aiden's. He was injured and didn't play for 984 days, um, made mm. his way back and definitely leading us. Um, and then we got students involved. We wanted to tell academic stories, too. Like, our persistence is definitely seen every day on the court by millions, but wanted to pull out those stories that are happening maybe behind the scenes but are just as amazing. So we focused on some of our Purdue Space students who built a liquid rocket um, which is just something students don't do. That's <laughs> something SpaceX is, you know, playing with. Um, so that was really fun. That was probably my favorite project to date, just working with those students side by side. Cool. It seems like you guys tell actual, literal stories. And I feel like um, uh, in higher ed and kind of just in, in, in marketing and branding in general, the word storytelling is really popular. And what it, it, what it means to a lot of people is just storytelling, I feel like is a trigger word for people who kind of look at marketing differently in a more like heartfelt, more like emotional way. And yeah. so a lot of times when they say they're a storyteller or they're telling their school story, there might actually be very little actual storytelling <laughs> going on, but you know, they're focusing on something deeper. That's, um, you know, that's, that's, that they're trying to get at in their marketing rather than just you know, features and benefits and just spewing information at people. But I really do appreciate, um, you know, marketing teams that actually have a real grasp on what an actual story is and where that fits into your, to your marketing. So I guess it's a really broad question. Is that, um, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Like what is storytelling? Like, how do you look at storytelling? Oh, absolutely. I, I think you hit it head on. We have a goal in our department um, one of our big three goals is to enchant audiences. And I think when 
um, Ethan came out with this word into audiences. There were some chuckles. We're such a serious school, right? We're engineers with Boilermakers and chant. That sounds like a Disney word or something. Yeah. Um, but we've really embraced it's also a Taylor it. Swift lyric. Yeah. We totally embrace this idea of finding the stories and telling them in the, in the right way that is going to get people right. And it's not always tears. Sometimes a lot of times it is. Um, sometimes it's like a hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay, Boilermakers, Boiler Up moment, which is also just as great. So I think it is finding that, finding the heart of the story, which is something that goes back to like those journalism days. Like what's the lead of the story, right? Like what are those first graphs? What's that first five seconds look like on YouTube? Just finding that hook that's going to grab people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, and so you guys have a lot of, you know, star players and stuff like that. Um, do you do much, I don't know, like lay people storytelling, like normal students at school. So like, where do you find those stories? Yeah. So we, we just started another series. Um, we talk a lot about small steps and giant leaps at Purdue giant leaps, hearkening back to Neil Armstrong, one of our graduates, um, first person on the moon, right? We have our cradle of astronauts. So we wanted to do a series that talked a little bit about the first part of that promise, that small steps. So we did go out and we have been going out and finding students that are getting to do really cool things, but have those giant dreams. So um, we've done students in space. We've done students in um, drone flying for national security. I'm doing one right now. I just met a student last week who is from Africa and she's in our food science program in our school of ag. And she wants to study how to make food more shelf stable because that's something that she's seen as a real problem in her country. And her giant, I asked her what her giant leap was. And she said, it's, it's to feed the world. Mm. And I just like, I got goosebumps, right? Like, I was like, that's the line. That's going to be this, the answer yeah. in, the, in the spot. So yeah, we love to tell those real student stories. They're just as powerful because they're all rooted in that idea of that giant um, leap. And t- talk about like, what's the mediums that you guys go to like when you're in a meeting about we're going to tell the story are you thinking about it in terms of text are you thinking about it in terms of video like yeah that's a really good question and something um that we've worked on especially since i've started is this idea of discovery so um oftentimes you know you get that project brief that creative brief and it has like these are the deliverables our briefs don't usually anymore we've gotten to a point where nope this is the story this is who we want to target this is the message that we want to hit but creative team, you guys go, you investigate, you meet some of these people, you come back and tell us what you think this story is, which is amazing to have that creative part of the process. So a lot of times our writers or our producers will go and talk to some of these people and be like, yeah, like we have to show this on video or this is going to be a great written story. There's all these archives we could show. So we really have that freedom. So we're coming to the table with not all the answers. I love it. So tell me about Speaking of that, tell me about your team, like who, who all's on your team? Um, and you know, tell me about leading a creative team. What, what's that like for you? Yeah. So I am so lucky I get to lead two teams. One is our content writing team. Um, they are super versatile. They're a team of six. We're looking to hire two more writers. So if anyone out there wants to look at Purdue careers, there's two writing jobs out there. Um, but they get to write everything. So that's another thing that's a little different, I think, at Purdue is they own the storytelling. So if they're writing a written piece, they're also writing the social media copy. They're also writing any paid media. Um, if there's a video component, they're helping storyboard it. They are the one sitting across from the person doing the interview most times. So that's I think really that cool. really creates that cohesive storytelling. 
Um, the other side of my team is a talented team of video producers who also um, kind of do it all. They are in the process. Um, we're super collaborative when we're in that like storytelling um, planning process. And then they're super technical too, right? So they're going to kind of like listen and create that look and that feel that we want. And then they're masters of editing and music and sound mm -hmm. and all of those things. That's awesome. And I think, um, you know, smaller schools might, might say, okay, well, it's Purdue. They've got all these resources and a huge team. Like who, what other, you know, what small, you know, liberal art school is going to have like content writers and multiple video producers and stuff. But I think what, at the, what I'm hearing, like at the core of who you guys are is even if you were just a one person social media team or something mm -hmm. like that, it sounds like the drive to tell impactful stories and the, and the understanding that you have of the Purdue brand um, and like those words, like the giant leap and the small steps and like those, those sort of like messaging pillars are really ingrained in what you do and you go find stories that are like that. And that's something that anybody can do with any amount of resources. And it doesn't, you don't have to have a video production team or content writers. You can find those stories and, shoot them on an iPhone or something like that yeah. you know, or write about them in a blog post or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need that North star, right? You need that um, one thing that you measure everything against. When I was at Matilda Jane, our brand DNA was keeping little girls little. Um, that's kind of where I learned this and everything we measured against it, how the girls were shot, what they were wearing, how twirly we made the dresses, like even in design, it all went back to that. And we do that at Purdue. How do we play off this idea of persistently pursuing the next giant leap, like showing that grit and then showing the small steps that it takes to get to those giant leaps. How long has the giant leap thing been in, been in play at Purdue? Yeah, that's a great question. So that was part of a rebrand that was done right before COVID. I'm talking like months before. Um, so when we talked earlier, you know, they did this big rebrand, but quickly had to pivot like most universities to more of a product Purdue messaging. So what's really exciting now is we're in this place where we can really like start to live and breathe our brand even more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then, uh, so you guys have been recognized by Fast Company for the second year in a row um, in the, the, the Brands That Matter yeah. uh, campaign. So, so tell me about that. Uh, what's, what's been that experience like? Have you guys gotten a lot of publicity from that? Like, tell me how that came about. Yeah, those were like huge wins for the team. Um, I was in the interviewing process when we got the first recognition. And I just, that was like one more reason to join Purdue, right? Like they were recognized nationally for being a brand that matters. So the first time we were really recognized for the marketing team and getting 50,000 people to speak in one voice. If you have this great brand DNA, this North Star, how do you get all of your campus to speak this way and really be moving toward one key message? So that was really like that first um, recognition. The second one that was just a few months ago really honored um, all the different paths that Purdue has to higher education and just this idea of accessible uh, um, excellence. So making this incredible education accessible, whether it's through our high schools, um, Purdue Polytechnic High Schools, or Purdue Global, which is our new online university for working adults. So yeah, and I don't know if you saw, but yesterday, um, Fast Company added us to the most innovative list. I don't want to get it wrong. I think we're 16. We're right above NASA. So Ooh. that was a huge win nice. and super exciting that the world's recognizing that we are this innovative place. Um, Neil Armstrong probably had something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, let's let's put these guys a little ahead of us. Right. We gotta like <laughs> train those astronauts and then they go to NASA. So. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's and what I what I um noticed in those announcements or whatever is that it's not a list of colleges that are Mm-mm. on there on this. It's a list of like literally Nike's and McDonald's, my favorite restaurant. <laughs> and like all and like all these like normal like mainstream brands and then Purdue is in there, which I think is super cool and super aspirational for other schools to see that like it's not just about the short-term enrolling students, you know, it's, it's really about creating a culture, uh, like really taking your brand seriously and having that be consistently across all of, you know, your messaging and your students embody that and your professors embody that. And, um, so much so that it's noticed on a mainstream level. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I also think, um, as higher ed marketers, Definitely we can learn from each other, but we can also learn from those other big brands out there, right? Like we're constantly watching Nike and McDonald's and Disney and seeing what they're doing and getting inspired um, by the places they're playing in and the things they're doing. Quick break here to tell you more about our video storytelling subscriptions. Look, making even one video takes a lot of legwork. Lots of steps to go through. You got to hurt all the cats. And then at the end of that, you get one video. Uh, but you don't want just one video. You want you you want to fill your calendar with videos. You want to fill your YouTube page with videos that you can use in all kinds of different ways. But imagine a world where that's not a stressful process, where you get 132 videos across the year and pretty much all you had to do was find the stories to tell and pass it to someone else, us, Unveiled. Our aim is to take the friction out of telling great stories. Whether you're a big school like Purdue and have more resources and internal video staff and stuff, or a small liberal art college without a lot of that stuff you can tell really compelling stories all year round and fill your content calendar with video content so we're going to batch shoot a year's worth of content and then every month drip out to you one new student or alumni story could be a faculty story too along with a whole package of additional video content so you get the full length story which is usually two to three minutes you get a 30 second cut down a 15 second cut down and then eight topical videos. So these are videos, you know, we, we work with your school to think of what are eight or 10 questions that we can ask this student while we have them on camera that your school likes to promote. So it could be scholarships, could be career development opportunities on campus housing. We'll get them to talk about all that stuff and sell it for you. Um, so all in all, you're going to get 11 videos a month, 132 videos per year. Not only that, but it's, it doubles as an investment in a massive b-roll and interview content library because we're going to give you all the footage that we shoot all year long and you can use that in any other ways that you want uh forever at no extra charge that's all part of your subscription head over to pricing.unveiled.tv and download our pricing guide which has everything in it that you need to know okay back to my conversation with emily richwine when you're in creative meetings what are the things that are keeping you guys grounded content wise or like what you're creating content about yeah, it's definitely the giant leaps, the everyday persistence. We're always going back to that. Um, we're also going to the ideas of innovation, accessibility, um, always kind of rooting ourselves in those ideas first. Um, when I'm leading my creative teams and we're brainstorming a video or a story, I'm always like, okay, what are what do we want people to take away? Like one of them is what do we want people to think about Purdue that they didn't think about before? What do we want to reinforce? And then the second part that we bring as creatives is like, what is the emotion we want them to feel? 
Do we want them to feel inspired? Do we want them to feel proud? Do we want them to feel like they're going to go to our website and do something, you know? Um, so it's really those two things. It's like, what is that strategic pillar that we're driving? And then what is that emotion? And I think if you do that and you have that in the back of your mind, you know, when you're reviewing creative work, if it hit the mark or not, because it can be, you know, everyone has opinions on creative work, but if you go back to that, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, we nailed it. That's great. And I love how much you talk about what you want the viewer to feel or the reader mm -hmm. to feel. And I think a lot of marketing teams aren't doing enough of that. I think a lot of marketing teams are saying we're investing in this campaign. And so we need to say, we need to, we need to use it as a platform to say all the things that we want people to know about our school yeah. rather than like, in like, in like pitching to students almost rather than like, what do we want them to, what's a dent that we want to make on their emotions that's going to make us memorable? Because, because pitching to students, like, isn't memorable, you know, like, that's all information that might be good information. And if someone is, and if someone is like really ready, like they're maybe considering your school over another school, that's probably a great time for, yeah. for them to hear that kind of stuff. But for people that when you're, when you're trying to like widen the funnel and attract people, it's really is like, what is the what is the emotion you want to leave people with? And that might not lead to a direct sale. And I like a direct, you know, application. And I think that teams like have really struggle with that, especially, especially small, smaller marketing teams with limited resources. They're like, this is our chance to say everything we want to say. And we don't want to waste that on telling a story that of someone that, I don't know, <laughs> you know, that. Just no, I get what you're saying. Like, you have to think about, you know. you know, where people are in that funnel what do they know about Purdue and what's that thing you want to influence? And that was different for me coming from retail. Um, you post a video or you post an ad, you expect them to buy, you know, that day or the next day you can really track it. Um, when someone's making a college decision, it's years, sometimes decades in the making. So there's a little bit of patience um, and a little bit of really understanding where people are and delivering that right message. So how are you guys measured? Like, or what do you measure? I mean, it depends what the application is. We measure engagements a lot and sentiment. Um, for video and stories, we really look at read time. You know, did we hook that person? Did they stay with us? Um, I know we're going to talk about whatever you can imagine. Um, mm -hmm. That one kind of hit all the records, um, blew them yeah. out of the water. So I think that's when people are engaging, they're staying. We also do brand lift studies. You know, did we increase someone's um, attitudes behind Purdue with our piece of creative. And that's always a good marker. So that's like a survey? Yeah, a brand lift study. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. Well, on that note, let's talk about whatever you can imagine. Okay. Um, so for people who are listening, uh, this is a like a two minute uh, commercial uh, at that is just super like emotional. And, uh, I would say went viral. You'd like, I think, I feel like once you cross the million mark of views, yeah. <laughs> you've gone viral and this is nine, 19 million as of yesterday when I looked at it. Um, so tell me about that. Why did that, why, why was that the ad to make and tell me about the process of making it? Yeah. So we set out, like, I'm sure lots of higher ed schools do over the summer to make our new institutional spot that we were going to use for PSAs, for games, um, we would use online. What was that one like hero video spot that we would go back to over the course of the year? Um, we have done lots of RTB spots, you know, reasons to believe, um, top six 
whatever school. We have those great RTBs. We love them. We love telling students and prospective parents about them. They're super important. Um, what did you say it was lot. reasons to believe? Yeah, we call them reasons to believe. Okay. Is that like a certain kind of video or? It's um, just like different um, rankings that we have. Okay. So like top 10 undergraduate engineering programs, something like that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, a lot sense. of institutional spots that we've done and other schools have done have been grounded in, you know, those kind of um, rankings and beautiful campus shots, smiling students, that kind of thing. So we love that. We definitely, we have one, we use it. But for this, mm -hmm. we wanted to explore something different, going back to that idea of emotion and story. Where did we want to like play and live and explore? So we worked with our creative partner, Madhouse, out of um, Ohio, and they came back to us with a few concepts. And one of them was this idea to tell this story um, that really told our portfolio brand story. So we have the high schools, we have the uh, Purdue Global for working adults. Like, how could we tell this story? So we worked on a storyboard together of kind of a dad and a daughter talking about going to college, which is this universal moment, right? And mm -hmm. it's like full of everything we all love as higher ed marketers of this potential and possibility. Like that's the great thing that we get to do. So we lived in that space. That was our insight that drove our story. So it's this dad and daughter. She's little. She's like eight years old. And she's like, dad, what am I going to do when I grow up? And they go through this series of things that she's that she gets to do, whether she's at the high school or she's at um, our main campus in West Lafayette. And she does things like um, rockets and she does, she's with a horse. She's like a vet student at one point. She's dancing. She's cheering. Um, she's playing in the band, like all these wonderful moments and dreams that are her possibilities. And it just like flashes through all of them and just ends in this beautiful way of like, she can do anything she wants, which again, is just the promise of Purdue. It's the promise of higher ed. Um, mm -hmm. that this is this moment that changes your life. And I think it shows in the video, um, kind of that ending scene, she's doing an engineering project and you see her working and it doesn't work and it doesn't work and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. And then at the end it works. And she just mm -hmm. goes, which is just this wonderful moment of, yeah, like if you're a Boilermaker and you put in the work, you're going to do whatever you want. So we love that payoff. That's where the, isn't that where it ends? Where she, yeah, where it, it ends right there with that moment of like epiphany. Uh, I thought that was great. I mean, like I, the ending was just like perfect. You know, you, you really want, I always teach when I teach about storytelling, it's like, the hook is super important, mm -hmm. but the end is super important. Like what you leave people with, you know, we try, we always try to, it's hard with documentary storytelling because you, sometimes you, you don't, you can't always predict like you, we're not scripting it, you know, when yeah. we're telling someone's story. So sometimes it's like, ah, the ending, mm -hmm. there just wasn't much left in the, in the pot here, <laughs> you know, but like when you can really plan it like that, I thought that was super smart to just end on that. Uh, you know, she finally got it kind of moment. So you guys, uh, well, where did that play at? It played, um, it debuted on our first home football game back in August. Um, so it was our PSA. Um, we ran it during football season. We ran it a lot at sporting events. And we ran it a lot on YouTube, as you saw, 19 million views. Um, yeah. We partnered with our really great partners at YouTube and Google. And it was really about finding those right audiences. So the audience that we were targeting on YouTube was actually like an unaffiliated audience that didn't know Purdue. So mm -hmm. um, really showing them the spirit of Purdue was a great place to meet them, possibly for the very first time. Um, we talked a little bit about how we measure success 
that one, I think what I'm most proud of is for our team is that video has like an 80% view rate. It's a two minute video. Like that's unheard of, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had meetings where Google and YouTube are like, we're, we're not sure why. <laughs> like people <laughs> love this so much. Like we could see all the numbers over here. Um, but yeah, there was a meeting where we were kind of having this conversation like, how, why does this resonate so much? Why are people watching it? And I throw out, I have this Blaise Pascal quote that I just, it's like guides me as a creative director. And it's this idea of the heart has its reasons that reasons we'll never know. And it's just this mm-hmm. idea that, yeah, we can measure a lot. We can predict a lot, but there's that little heart part, <laughs> little icing on the cake um, that draws sure. people in and connects. That's awesome. I love that. Um, how did you distribute that? One thing we talk about on this podcast, uh, uh, you know, a little bit is, is how you get content out to people. So I, I assume from what you're saying, you guys did paid ads, um, and stuff like that. Like what were some other ways that online you distributed that? Yeah. So we definitely, um, shared it on all of our channels and we shared it in creative ways. We did, um, lots of social organic posts, just kind of like behind the scenes, how it came together. We did lots of photography, um, so definitely got our fans involved. We definitely had the TV placements. Um, we also ran it during some really big events on TV. So one of my favorites that we did um, was the Macy's, Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade in the Midwest in a couple markets. So I believe we did Indianapolis and Chicago. Um, that was really exciting. I mean, that's something as a little girl who grew up to be a marketer, I used to watch with my grandpa and like, yeah. I was just as interested in the Christmas ads as the actual parade. Um, so that was awesome to think about, you know, the young children watching that with their families. We also played it during the big 10 championship and the citrus bowl game. So got lots of eyes on it that way. In addition they, to they, the YouTube targeted campaigns. Yeah. Did they play the whole ad on TV or was we it had like a 90 a- second version for TV? Okay. That's the other thing we do a lot. We do a lot of versions. So a lot of our videos will have a two minute, 90 second, 60, 30. Um, For some of our paid campaigns, we're doing 15s. And we just started doing like six second bumpers, which Mm. I was like, there's no way we could tell a story in six seconds. It's like my new favorite thing to tell a story in six seconds. It's the most fun, uh, creative challenge. Yeah, I worked with Baker College on some some ads for their nursing program. And um, we, they were like in our pre-production meetings, they were like, we need a, we need a 30 second, a 15 second and a five second. I'm like, did you say five seconds? Like, (laughs) I was like, what are you going to use that for? (laughs) And then, uh, and then sure enough, uh, you know, getting into the editing process, I'm like, this is really hard. This is, you know, you really just, you just got to pick like one line out of the Mm -hmm. script and like one, one or two images, but they were actually, they ended up being cool. Like, you know, yeah. some of my favorite parts of the, some of my favorite versions of the, the right. Habit. That's how I felt at the end too. It felt impossible. But then when I saw them, I was like, these are pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, where do you use those like bumpers for like YouTube pre-roll type yeah, stuff? Yeah. Like or... unskippable YouTube. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and I would have thought that, you know, cause you said you guys targeted people that weren't affiliated with Purdue. Cause you know, I would think that you, target maybe the core your core ambassadors that are you know graduates or whatever or people that are within that circle of of purdue that will then share it out to that other layer that aren't you know affiliated with purdue but you guys went straight for the non-affiliated what was that um yeah so we used we used google and youtube for that 
Um, because our core audience, they got to see it, right, when we played it on those big games and those big events, and they're already following us, so they saw it there too, and they did share it and loved it, and so good to see all the comments. So we kind of got the best of both worlds. We just really thought about the channels um, and who was there and who we wanted to reach. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so take us behind the scenes about it to tell us about the production. Cause you, you told me in our earlier conversation that it was, you don't have to tell me the budget, but it was actually quite scrappy. Like, you know, it was a great example of like, you can create a really slick ad for, you know, a couple, like a small budget, have just a few people with cameras, you know, running around. You don't need a 20 person crew, um, contrary to what. Um, most of my colleagues in this industry would tell you. <laughs> um, so tell me about like, tell me how you guys pulled that together on a, on a smaller budget. Yeah. So we worked with Madhouse, which is a small agency um, to kind of pre-plan, pre-production. Um, my team and their team worked hand in hand. We had just a team of three um, shooters, minimal equipment. We shot everything on campus. Um, we did use two, three actors. So our main character, little girl and dad, um, were up and coming actors, but everyone else you see as students. Um, I think that was one of the things that surprised me coming from fashion retail to higher ed is maybe it's just a Purdue thing. I think it's probably throughout higher education, but everyone wants to help you, right? Like mm -hmm. we would reach out to really cool, innovative places on campus. And a lot of the engineers and the directors, they were just like, yeah, we would love to host you and helped us find the beautiful places, helped us cast the the horse Chester helped us set up that engineering experiment at the end. Um, so we had a lot of Boilermaker help. A lot of hands went into it. That's awesome. And I would say, and, and just as a, as a side tip, if you want to save money on a commercial, get, get free extras and like, yes. <laughs> you know, people from the school to volunteer. Cause that's where people don't think about like, okay, if we're going to show a classroom scene and it's a full classroom, <laughs> like that's like 30, people you have to pay <laughs> individually, yeah. you know, to be there. Um, one, one thing that we have that I feel like other institutions could learn from is we have a program called Boilermaker, Boilermaker Ambassadors, and they are students who are interested in marketing or learning more about marketing. Um, I think there's a, I want to say 20 to 30, and they are usually our go-to for models. Um, they oh, cool. kind of know the drill. They know they need to show up and be professional, wear Purdue clothes, like be our biggest fans. They, they already are. So they make the best actors. So they're, they're in bat. Like, tell me more about that. Cause that sounds yeah. really, so they're almost, um, like an internship program, right? Like, um, they learn from us, they get paid and they serve as our ambassador. So they will, um, show up for us on campus at events. They'll show up for us to be our actors and actresses. Um, they'll film big things like whatever you can imagine. They'll film, small projects that we do kind of on like a student to student basis. So yeah. they've been great partners. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think like even small schools could do that. Just oh, say yeah. like, Hey, we're going to give you a small stipend. Just, mm -hmm. just be available, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes and it's hard to, it's hard to ask for favors, you know, from people that, but like, if you're, if you're like paying them a little bit. Yeah. They're, I mean, they love it and we love them. So that's awesome. Did you guys expect such a big uh, um, response to the commercial? I mean, we hoped for it. When I started, I've been at Purdue maybe a year and three months. Um, the goal I was given was to have 10 videos that hit 100,000 views on YouTube. 
Mm. Which at the time I was, we didn't have a lot of videos. I think maybe we had two that were at that level. So I was like, okay, this is a big goal. We're going to make it happen. Um, with whatever you can imagine. I think as we started to have it come to life and we started to see it just in like storyboard and scripting, I, I knew there was something really, really special there. Um, I knew that people were going to embrace it. I think our strategists are amazing and they embraced it and they got all the eyes on it, right? Like you can't, you can make great creative that no one ever sees. Um, yeah. Thank goodness we have just a strong um, a strategy team that knows how to get eyes and hearts to follow our work. That's cool. So I'm curious and uh, we didn't talk about this on our uh, phone call the other day. So if you don't have like a great answer, we can edit this out. Okay. Um, but I'm curious to know if, if Emily Richwine were to be plucked from Purdue and went to a small school mm -hmm. uh, to work where the, the marketing team is kind of centralized, maybe there's multiple campuses, but you're, you're a small team kind of doing everything for the whole campus. Like what were, what would be some of these strategies that you would take to a smaller school that may not have um, the big budget to spend on ads or the, 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 the more robust team of creatives, things like that. Yeah, I would definitely, a lot of things we talked about, like I would definitely have that North star. What is that, you know, brand perception, um, that you're driving. I would think about creative projects in stories and how you want to tell them. Don't get tied to like, we always do a written story, a Facebook post, a LinkedIn post, like really think about what's going to support the story. Um, I would lean into the emotion that you want, not just the action, um, kind of have both of those in your head kind of get best of both worlds that way. And I think it, I think it could be a great advantage to have a smaller team. Um, we talked about some of our creative teams really owning that project from start to finish. There's like a great beauty in that because you get invested in that story and then you can tell it on all the platforms like no one else. Tell, tell us about the jobs that you guys are hiring for. Let's let's get those filled. Yeah, I'll put a plug in because we have um, lots of open roles on our Marcom team. I specifically am looking for a video producer and two writers. So we've got two. One's more like a entry level, and then we've got more of an experienced writer role. So check those out. Um, look at our – we've got great stuff. If you want to look at our Purdue Marcom website, um, get to know more about us. Follow us on all of our channels. Awesome. Yeah, this was fun. It's good to know you too. Um, I just, you know, respect the work that you guys are doing and uh, I follow Ethan's stuff and he just seems to sing your praises. So um, yeah, he's a great follow on LinkedIn. He always is sharing really good stuff. He did use that word enchanted with me. <laughs> he said she'll be, she's sure to enchant when I, when I like plugged that we were going to record this today. <laughs> yeah, that's like the new word, but it works. It works. It does work. It's, it's cool. It's it different. Works. You have to have a word that's like mm -hmm. means what you want it to mean, but it's not something that is just in one ear and out the other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It definitely, it definitely suits that. Well, thank you for listening. Three quick things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to go to pricing.unveiled.tv. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D. If you're interested in our subscriptions and you can download our pricing guide there. Number two, if you want to take the storytelling you're already doing to the next level, I have a free resource for you. It's a three-part framework for creating compelling student and alumni testimonials. You can get it at 
unveiled.tv slash student testimonials. Doesn't even have to be for video. Put the framework to use in any format in which you tell student outcome stories. Number three, would love it if you leave a review for this podcast. It helps us out a ton. My name is John Azoni. Go connect with me on LinkedIn. And in the meantime, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University Podcast. Thanks. Thank you.